maimed and shamed some people find it so difficult to bounce back but what if I was to tell you despite and in spite of being maimed shamed because nobody wants to claim you royalty still wants you to have a seat at their table so without further ado let's get right into it Greetings, greetings everyone, greetings, welcome to the Expire to Inspire podcast. My name is MD and just like the Messiah, it is my desire to expire, to inspire. Today's podcast is entitled, A Seat at the King's Table. Today I want to talk about a biblical character Name Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son. Jonathan was King David's best friend, and also Jonathan was Saul's son. Now, many who may be accustomed to biblical scripture, King David was the successor after Saul to become king of Israel naturally it would go from father which was Saul to the son which would have been next in line Jonathan but the most high as we know ordained King David to become the next king of Israel and as we know the story many may know many may not know but just as a quick brief over Saul became enraged and filled with jealousy once he had learned that King David is going to be the one to take over from him. The reason why I wanted to talk about Mephibosheth today is because Mephibosheth, which by the way is a name that means out of the mouth of shame. As I said before, Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son. Mephibosheth became crippled when he was about four or five years old because when war was taking place and people had to flee, the maidservant of um, a maidservant basically or a nanny or a caregiver who was taking care of Mephibosheth who was running away to flee to safety, accidentally dropped Mephibosheth and he became crippled ever since. Now, King David and Jonathan were best of friends. As a matter of fact, 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 3 states, And Jonathan made a covenant with David, Because he loved him as himself. So King David and Jonathan's friendship was a very, very special one. 
So much so, they had a covenant made between them. You know, it was a deep, deep friendship that they had. And unfortunately, Jonathan passed away in war. And King David wanted to do something for... He wanted to do something for his friend, Jonathan. So much so that once he had learned of Jonathan's death, he said, is there anyone else in the house of Saul? And then one of King David's servants said, well, there is Mephibosheth. He lives in the village. He lives in a very obscure life. Um, Many people forgot about Mephibosheth. And he was somewhat ostracized simply because of his disability. Nobody wanted to do, wanted to have anything to do with him. Imagine how poor Mephibosheth must have felt, knowing that his grandfather, King Saul, was, you know, royalty, and he was made to now be cast aside and forgotten about. But King David, being a loyal friend to his to his friend Jonathan, he wanted to do something. And I want to touch upon something, highlighting something, because one thing with the Bible is that there are precepts and there's cross-references to really drive home and bring home a point that the Most High wants to make in his word. There's a, a, a sequence and a repeating pattern that takes place throughout the Bible that's threaded and woven beautifully that one can definitely pick up and learn lessons from. As I was speaking about the friendship between King David and Jonathan and King David wanting to do something for his friend Jonathan out of basically maintaining the covenant and respecting and upholding it even in his death. Now, Before I go into that, I want to read a scripture here from the Bible, highlighting the story of Mephibosheth. And it says here in 2 Samuel chapter 9, David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They called him to appear before David and the king said to him, are you Ziba, your servant? He replied, the king asked, is there no one still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness, the most high's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there's still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He's at the house of Micah, son of Amiel, in Lodibar. So King David had him brought from Lodibar, from the house of Micah, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honour. David said, Mephibosheth, your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, 
for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father David. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Hallelujah. I'm going to pause there. Verse 7 here is a very profound verse. I'll read it again. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Now, this sounds very much similar to two other characters in the Bible and how they exemplified um, faithfulness and kindness and love. King David, as we know, was from the bloodline of Judah. So was the Messiah. King David and the Messiah have similar characteristics here. The fact that King David was king and so is the Messiah king and our saviour, hallelujah, all praises to Yeshua HaMashiach for carrying out that wonderful deed that can never be repaid. What he did on Calvary can never be repaid. And as we study the life of the Messiah, we know that he went around healing the sick, healing the crippled, healing the disabled, healing the lame, the ones that were ostracized. Yeshua stayed involved with people that were broken. And he was king. He was royalty. Yet. He never felt ashamed to be seen with these people. If we look at royalty today, many royal figures, you will never catch them for the most part. You know, touching sick, crippled people. Because there's this classism, this barrier, this wall that prevents them from doing that. But the Messiah never saw no barrier. He never saw no boundary. And he came to heal. He came to carry out a mission that he was ordained to do. And it didn't matter what background you came from. Class level you had. If you just believed and you had faith, that's all that was mattered. And it was mainly the poor people that exemplified more belief than the rich people. There's many parables and stories to back that up. We know from the scribes and Pharisees, they got checked and it was a check they could not cash. We know that the parable where... A rich man was asked to sell all he had so that he can follow the Messiah and do kingdom work. And he was upset about doing that. He didn't want to give up his riches. He didn't want to give up all his wealth. But then you have the example of the poor lady who only gave her last two cents. And the Messiah pointed her out and said she gave more than everybody else because she gave her last. And she didn't think twice about it. So anyway, going back to the comparisons... Another person I want to compare to this story is Abraham, Father Abraham. As we know, 
King David, Jonathan were very best friends. Father Abraham was known to be a friend of the Most High. As a matter of fact, Abraham was the only person the Most High referred to as a friend. You see, the Most High don't call any and any person his friend like that. So when he called Father Abraham friend, you know that means something. You know that holds weight. Okay? So back to Mephibosheth's story. As I just read in verse 7 here, King David wanted to do something for his son, for his friend Jonathan. And Mephibosheth came to light. And he wanted to repay uh, Mephibosheth because of the love he had for his friend Jonathan. And he's told Mephibosheth, and I quote in verse 7, And you will always eat at my table. Imagine a crippled person, the one that's been overlooked, finally coming to eat at a, a, a king's table, sitting at the table of royalty. That, 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 is, that is, wow. What King David did was a very beautiful, humbling, that was him showing humility. And he didn't allow his royal status to make him prideful or overlook those who were overlooked by everybody else. So he brought somebody that, somebody that was at the bottom of the barrel to sit at his table. Is that not the same thing with us? That what the what the Messiah did, the king, when he died for us and when he came on earth seeking out the lost sheep, saving souls. Just so that we can have a seat at the table. Hallelujah. And sometimes the shame that we have, which is our sin, can make us want to run away and hide and not want to face the most high because we feel like he can't forgive us he feel like he we can't reach us because we we've turned our back on him for so long and it's been <sighs> such a hard road and yet the most high more than anything through his son the the the, the messiah yeshua hamashiach saying i still want to have a relationship with you i still want you to come and sit have a seat at my table Yes, you are filled with sin. Yes, you are filled with shame. But I'm here to come and rescue you. And I'm here to let you know that because of my friend, Abraham, Father Abraham, remember that promise that, remember the promise the most, the, the most time made to Abraham. He said, I will make your children be blessed. I will, I'm going to show high favor to your, your descendants. So because of the promise that the father remembered he made the covenant he made with Abraham, his friend, just like King David made a covenant with his friend, Jonathan. He sought out the lame and the broken and said, come, have a seat at my table. And that's the same thing the Messiah did for us. Hallelujah. Glory be to the most high. This Mephibosheth story is so deep and it's so beautiful and it's so profound. Mephibosheth got 
to do what many in the land didn't get the opportunity to do. And another thing that I would like to highlight as well and touch upon. Remember, the king, King David said, you're going to have a seat at my table. So that when Mephibosheth sits at the table to eat with royalty, to eat with the king. Guess what? The crippledness can no longer be seen. When both of them are seated at the table at the same time. There is no crippledness. There is no shame. There is no embarrassment because that's covered. Hallelujah. A table is a form of an altar. So the altar of the Most High will cover one's shame. Hallelujah. When we go to the King, the Messiah, and we confess and we repent, and we do it on a daily basis, the Most High promised that he will no longer look on our shame. He will forget our sin and cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. He will remember. He will not see that no more. That will be covered. Hallelujah. Is this not a beautiful thing? Is this not a beautiful gift? To be able to know that we have an opportunity. Providing we play our part. And we uphold our end of the bargain of the covenant. We too. Just like Mephibosheth. Would be able to have a seat at the king's table. Hallelujah. I will proceed to read the rest of the scripture. Verse 8, Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Mephibosheth was self-depreciating. You know, he knew that for so long he's been overlooked and he couldn't believe his eyes. And, and, and what was, you know, the fact that King David came to his residence and wanted to have lunch with him. He called himself a dead dog. Verse 9. Then the king summoned Seba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Verse 11. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table and he was crippled in both feet. Hallelujah. Glory be to the Most High. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how the Most High, despite and in spite of our imperfections, and despite and in spite of our sin, he still wants to reach out. Just like how David reached out and sought out Mephibosheth. It was his mission to find him and invite him to have a seat at the table. Hallelujah. 
How often do we hear royalty offering crippled, maimed and lame people to have a seat at their table and eat like one of them and not make them feel less than? The Most High is gracious. The Most High is merciful. The Most High. What a loving father we do have. He hates sin. Let's not forget that. Let's not gloss over that part. He hates sin. He hates it with a passion. And when I sin, I feel so bad. I've offended my father. How can I make it right? Repent. Repent and turn away and don't do it again. But just because grace is available, it doesn't mean... We must make a mockery of it and take liberties of it. The Bible does say the Most High cannot be mocked. He knows our hearts. He knows what our intentions are. He knows that, yes, we fall short each and every time. We're, we're weak. We're frail human beings. But if you don't at least have the heart and the faith and the passion and the intention to want to at least strive to change, then that's something we have to be accountable for. We have to be ready for that. Especially when we know we've heard the truth, but we choose not to take heed to it anyway. Nevertheless, the Most High is still not giving up on us. He still wants us to have a seat at the King's table. Hallelujah. And I just want to share this story today because this is something that's been on my heart for like, two three weeks now and I've been putting it off putting it off and it has been giving me sleepless nights because I know the most I is telling me I need to make sure I get this message out and I'm not the best storyteller I'm not the best um like I'm not a preacher or anything like that that's not my calling but this is a message that's been placed on my heart heavily to put out and share to the masses And to let everybody know that the Most High, whoever's listening to this podcast, he's calling you and he wants to have a a meal with you. He wants to have a, 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 he wants to invite you to have a seat at his table, at his banquet, at his feast. And it doesn't matter what sin you have committed, except from blasphemy, but any other sin can be forgiven only if you genuinely confess and you want to have a relationship with him he's more than happy to sit down with you break bread and have a feast and your shame your sin will be covered because when everybody's sitting down Everybody's on the same level. Hallelujah. Imagine the creator of, of, of all wants to sit down and have meal with wretched souls like ourselves, sinners like ourselves. In his eyes, we're still worth it. So much so, he sent his son 
Yeshua the Messiah to die for us in our place. And we can never repay it. The only thing we can do is uphold his law, his statutes and commandments. Strive every day to obey him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obey his word. Trust in him and him alone. Man will fail you. Just like how Mephibosheth was failed. He was dropped as a baby and left crippled. And I know a lot of us, a lot of people in the world have been dropped by friends, family. They've been let down by friends, family, even the church. Let's keep it real. Even in the church, people have been let down and it's now made them want to stay away from Everything and everyone and hide and not want to seek and have a relationship with the king because their shame has what's kept them away because they've been dropped, they've been rejected. Hallelujah. But let's not forget the Messiah came to our level too. He was rejected. He was mocked and made fun of. He was stripped naked, humiliated before the whole world. And and, and a crown of thorns placed upon his head. And the sign above his head saying, yeah, look, this is the king of Jews. (laughs) This is your so-called king. Look Look at your king now. Look how filthy and disgusting your king looks now. This king that you praise and you talk highly of. Look look how he ended up. Yeah. Look how he ended up. Being raised after three days. Raised up from the dead after three days. And now sitting at the right hand. Of the father. Hallelujah. Eating at the father's table. Mission accomplished. Brothers and sisters. The most high is giving us an invitation. This may be like. A Charlie and the chocolate factory moment. Where we, we may only get a few chances. A one in a million shot. To. Have that invitation. Because the most high. Or or, or should I say. Accept that invitation. Let me correct myself. Accept that invitation. Because the most high. Wants in his world. He wants to save everybody. He wants everybody in his kingdom. But not everyone's going to accept the invitation. Because many may say it's too good to be true. Many don't believe. Many don't have the faith. Many don't have. The passion for it and, and what comes along with having a relationship with the Most High. Because it's not an easy road. You have to forsake self. You have to forsake your flesh and your pleasures. And and, t- and, and take heed to the Most High's word. And some people don't want to let go of that lifestyle. But it doesn't mean that he didn't try. He knocked on the door of your heart. The question is, 
Are you going to open or not? Are you going to accept the invitation to come and sit at the king's table just like Mephibosheth? Because of the promise the Most High made to his friend, Father Abraham, while we are able to obtain salvation. Just like King David remembered the promise or the covenant he made with his friend, hallelujah, Jonathan, Mephibosheth obtained salvation. Brothers and sisters, let's not allow our shame to be used as a means to prevent us having a relationship with the Most High. And sometimes the devil does creep in, especially when you want to and you want to make that change and go on that path. He will bring up things of your past. He will send people your way to bring up things of your past to make you remember and to, you know, kind of prohibit you from going to the father i've heard many people say these things to me and it's happened to me personally as well oh but remember when you did this you remember and you start to feel guilty you start to feel bad but it doesn't matter it matters because sin is sin but once one makes a decision to repent and they want to strive to be better people and live according to the most high's way and his way alone, then Satan have no other choice but to flee. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Yes, he will try and play in your mentor. That's what he's designed to do. But don't let him steal your seat or steal your opportunity from having a seat at the king's table. Satan knows he will never be invited to the table. So he will throw his little tantrums here and there. But you are special, brother, sister. Your soul is important. That's why the Most High went out of his way to come down to our level, put on a flesh suit like us, sweat like us, go through all the emotions like us, just to save us, just so he can say, my son, my daughter, come and eat. He said, you will never thirst. You will never be hungry. He is the bread of life. And the fountain of life. Never thirst. Never go hungry. I'm going to cut this short now. Thank you one and all for tuning in to the expire to inspire podcast and i hope and i pray and i trust that when the invitation rolls out for you to sit have a seat at the king's table shame and being maimed will not prevent or prohibit you from saying yes hallelujah the Most High loves you. He loves each and every one of you. And there's going to be a revival soon. Satan's going hard right now. But there's going to be a revival just as it was prophesied. There's going to be a revival. The king's name will be uplifted again. Hallelujah. 
souls are going to be saved people are going to want to know who the messiah is and they're gonna their heart's gonna be pricked and they're gonna want to have their own relationship with the most high not because of man or a preacher on the pulpit personal one-to-one intimate relationship because at the end of the day you and you alone have to stand before the creator of all and give an account for your life not the preacher not the pastor you so choose life and choose to have it abundantly through Yeshua HaMashiach the Messiah hallelujah thank you one and all once again for tuning in Until next time, most high willing, take care, much love, peace.